Welcome in. It is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. American Athletic Conference Championship for the third time in a row for the Cincinnati Bearcats coming up Saturday. I know most of you are going to be on campus at Nippert Stadium. If you're not and you're watching, make sure you get to the Holy Grail, get you some Reuben wontons, some blueberry beer, and enjoy watching the Bearcats take on the Cougars. All right, Dave, do we have anything to talk about? I don't know. I mean, there is a game Saturday. There is a game Saturday. There's there's a game Sunday. That is not quite as important. That is of uh, a high level of importance. I am uh, very excited. The weather looks outstanding for December 4th. Unlike last year's conference championship game, that weather sucked. But uh, we were all happy to be there since that was probably most people's first game of the season. So uh, I expect the Nippert Stadium crowd to be whipped up into quite a frenzy Saturday at 4 (laughs) o'clock. Um. I guess we'll we'll start with the stuff from last night. I think it's. Do, do you have anything to say about ECU? I, well, no, I mean, but look, it feels look. like it's like a million years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't remember that game. I have nothing to say. UC played really good in the second quarter. Uh, not so great in the other quarters, and it didn't matter. Offensively, I should say, defense played pretty good the whole game. Yeah, defense is, is back on track, I think. So I mean, we'll find I mean, out. We'll find out. Saturday, did, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I'll get into it. Yeah. Uh thoughts when you saw the not official, but the the word that Marcus Freeman was gonna be the new head coach at Notre Dame. Uh very happy for Marcus. I mean, he's a uh, great guy. He treated us, as I say that as a Bearcat journal, but I know, you know, 99% of the interaction was with you, but treated us outstanding. Uh, you were around him enough. Yeah, oh, yeah. But to... I mean, like, I, it wasn't like I was texting him, you know, right. questions about players or recruits or anything like that. Um, you know, let's talk about very, uh, er, very early on. You know, we did a podcast on signing day where him and Coach Denbrock both sat down with us and at the Lindner Center and ran through everybody. And they just, people don't do that. I mean, it's just, you know, they made time for us and he made time for us. And I'm just, I'm very happy for him, happy for his family. Notre Dame is a very special place. I'm sure he, you know, realized that very quickly once he got there. Uh, And it's evident. I mean, we knew it would be this way because we saw it happen at UC, just the 
incredible amount of support that the current players and the recruits showed for him, hopefully having the opportunity to be the coach. And I think we can all be in agreement that that's not really what you should base your hire on. Um, but you don't. But sometimes it's different, right? Well, sometimes it's different, but I, but you know that that's going to happen 99% of the time. It's, yeah, if they're going to want somebody. Yeah. If there's a guy, you know, in-house, the players are always going to, I shouldn't say always, most of the time they're going to pitch for their guy, but that guy also needs to be qualified and needs to be able to handle uh, the, the, the job on all fronts, not just the, you know, what the players know about. And Notre Dame is, it is, it is a deal. Like, I'm thinking about it, just how I'm like five years older than Marcus and trying to think about like, oh yeah, no problem. Five years ago, I could have very easily just gone to the head coach <laughs> right? of Notre Dame and, and gone to all of the functions and all of the meetings and all of the things that he has to do outside of football. But he is entering a very, very good situation. I mean, we don't need to turn this into a Notre Dame podcast, but I don't think people, I don't think a lot of fans understand Notre Dame and how it operates compared to other college football programs and all of the things that Brian Kelly fought for for 12 years to put Marcus in a position that hopefully he can succeed. Like, I don't know if people know this. Like, you know how UC's been building and doing these nice apartments and everything, these cool places for the players to live? Yeah. Notre Dame wants all athletes to be treated as regular students. So freshmen live in a dorm with just a randomly assigned other freshman. Which my friends and I were joking about it. My, who's now become one of my really, really good friends. He was my next door neighbor our freshman year at Tennessee. And he was up until five o'clock in the morning, like every day playing techno and had a massive fish tank in his room. And we were, yep. we were just, we were just joking about like, so Smith, like why we were dragging ass today at practice. What's the deal? Oh yeah. My roommate, you know, he was just up with his fish tank all night. <laughs> like yep. they don't, they don't have this, like even on UC's level, like they don't do that. They up until pretty recently they didn't have training table like they ate in the cafeteria where all the other students ate and if right. it happened to, if it happened to be closed with and they needed to eat too bad like there was no specific athlete dining and so there is a lot going on there I mean, most people obviously know about the academic challenges and, and you know some guys they you can't get in school and and things like that, but it is a it is a big boy job for sure. And I just hope Marcus does awesome at it. Like, you know, I think we all know that he would have been someone that UC might have, you know, pursued if Notre Dame had decided to wait until after the conference championship game. And if, if they wanted to have a conversation with Luke, I don't know whether they did or didn't. He, you know. But, you know, I'm super stoked for him. Um, you know, I think it's another 
it's a feather in Luke's cap to have an assistant coach at 35 go on and one year become the head coach at Notre Dame. All those assistant coaches that I won't say all of them had the opportunity because I don't know that for a fact, but I'm sure some of them had the opportunity to go to LSU to make more money have pretty much all decided to stay. I mean, in that he kept his whole staff. Are, I mean, are they, is he really not like bringing anybody? I mean, I've seen for the most part, the guys that have said they're staying, like, and I think my, from what I can gather so far, he, he's kept the whole staff. So the only thing he needs to hire is a linebacker coach and then decide like defensive coordinator. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I hope he does. I hope he does great. Cincinnati keeps Luke Fickle, which for now five, five years. <laughs> we'll, we'll play that game. Yeah, I, I'm, are you? I'm not Oklahoma. No, I'm not point, even saying for that. I'm just. I like, know. Like the whole thing is just, and we, and I know you touched on it, and. The, the shark has been jumped with these coaches' contracts where it's just – it's insane and not intimating that matters any more or less to Luke than anybody else. But, you know, he's not going to retire as the coach of Cincinnati. <laughs> so, it's, it's something – We don't point, think, right? I, I'm, I'm, I would place a pretty large bet on that, on that not happening. So, at some point – it's he's going to leave and you just prepare yourself for it. And I have full faith in John Cunningham, this team to be prepared when that day comes, it could be next month. It could be in five years. I mean, I just don't worry about that stuff. Like this program is in such a great spot for all the reasons that all of our diehard fans know about, but just like there's so many. Clip, clip it. Dave said Luke's leaving next month. Clip yeah. it. There's so many people that I think with the big 12 move and when they get the practice facility done and things like that, you have no idea who would be interested in this job. Right. So why even sit here and worry? Like why worry about it? Why let the, the a total unknown consume like any of your life, especially given that what the current team is doing, like I just, that's the part I don't get is like, not spending every moment of the attention should be on them. And, and unfortunately, this is what happens this time of year. And it's not just here that that happens, but. No, it's, it's most, a lot, it's everywhere that's successful, basically. Right. And then if but, you're not successful, it's because you're, now you're looking for a coach. I just, it's just right? not something I think about, like. Maybe it's because we, we cover the team and we're not like, I mean, I am a fan. I go to the games as a fan and everything, but like if Brian Kelly's going to leave LSU and Lincoln Riley's going to leave Oklahoma and who knows, you know, Bronco Mendenhall today just announced like he's burnt out. He's tired. He's done. Like you just never know. Right. So like, why am I, why, why think about these things? I mean, think about them. Sure. I mean, you're a fan of the sport and, Coaching changes interest me because I, I, I'm interested in the dynamic of it and the background of it and the, how it actually happens and, and the behind the scenes. But, like, from a fan's perspective, 
why give that much of your time when you have a program that is in in four years has you know they're a mainstream program they are at the forefront of college football for the last two years you could not talk about college football and the playoff and elite players and conference championships for the last two years without talking about Cincinnati. So Clemson can't say that. Oklahoma can't say that. Like, just just realize where things have come in the last four years. And don't worry about the shit that none of us have any control over. Plus, it's fun. Like, why? Who wants to waste their time thinking about like something that we don't want to happen? Like, that's what that's the part <laughs> I don't understand. Is like, I'm a positive, like, as Mo Mo Egger likes to say, I'm having fun. I echo that sentiment a hundred percent. Like, got another shipment of confetti cannons. Like, we're ready to roll for Saturday. Like, why am I going to waste any of my time and energy thinking about? negative things, things that I don't want to happen that are also things that I have no control over. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty wild to, to just think, like, how many times we've, we've been through guys leaving and, you know, year three, year three, year three. And to get to the end of year five, to be on the cusp of, of – breaking the glass ceiling in college football and the coaches gonna stick around yeah we might actually have a coach long enough to do a build and then have a rebuild yeah to do a build (laughs) and then like let's 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 second half that's certainly never happened with the same coach no you know what happens happened here they They build and then you leave and then the next guy starts the rebuild and then he leaves like the the same d'antonio built and then BK came in and finished the build. And then when it's time for the rebuild, BK left and Butch Jones had to rebuild. <laughs> like you didn't, you couldn't even get through like the, the entire cycle of no. build, win, rebuild. That was three coaches. I mean, think about, think about that. Like, if Luke's here next year, which odds are looking good that he will be, that's two coaching cycles for Cincinnati normally. Yeah, we'd have had, we'd have been hiring our second coach. <laughs> no, third. <laughs> you, you did, the, the first coach would have won. The second coach would have won. And you'd yeah. have been at the end about to look for your third coach. That's true. It's still on the one. Well, I looked, I, looked this up, I looked this up the other day, and I think it was going into the year. So – going into his fifth year and some of this is will have changed because some of these guys were fired or left jobs take a guess where the where luke fickles ranks in all of college football as far as tenured coaches it's pretty i'm guessing it's pretty high up the list now isn't it yeah it was a tie for like 32nd at five years yeah so now that so that realistically though, like it, he, they this list just labeled guys. So like if it was five years, it could have been 25, 26, 27. He just happened to be 32nd. So really it's like a T25 thing. Yeah. Some of those guys in front of him 
have either been fired or changed jobs. So you're talking about, this is how crazy college football is. You're at a school for five years and you're in like the top 25 or top 20 most tenured coaches in the country. Five <laughs> Meaning, years. And there's, there's what, 130? 130. Like you got guys that, still, that, still, that could redshirt and still haven't graduated that you recruited and you're in the top roughly 20, 25 coaches in the country longest tenured at their schools. There's a big thing about it, like there's 110 coaches that haven't had a coach for five years, 110 schools yeah. that haven't had a coach for five years. Right. That's and at the, very, at the very top end, it's like Saban, Mike Gundy. Of course. Like those, those guys, you know, so they've been there, you know, 15 to 20 years. Davos, what? Davos up there. He's up there, in, I think, in double digit years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like five years puts you as one of the most tenured coaches in the country. So this is not, I know we all get like in our bubble and it's like, this is a UC thing. It's not a UC thing. We're just on the good side of it. Most of the time it's because guys are getting fired. That's what I mean. We're just on the good side of it. Right. Like we fired one coach since Rick Minter. Like that's unheard of. So what was that? Two thousand four. Antonio's first year. I don't. I don't even know. Two thousand three, two thousand four. Somebody will know. Somebody will tell us. So what? Oh nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. Yeah, two thousand. Late two thousand three, early two thousand four. Yeah, Rick Minner was the coach from nineteen ninety four to two thousand three. So December two thousand three was the last time since ninety five to go. Well, T- Tommy. Tommy, yeah. But one of, one time like, since 2000. One time since then. That's crazy. And, you know, 18 years. And this sport, that's almost freaking oh, impossible. Insane. Especially when you had that turnover, boom, 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 you know, four coaches in 10 years. Yeah. I mean, look at the, the programs that have had, you know, multiple firings in that time. Florida State. Michigan, USC, yep. Texas. Like, I mean, these are the, the bluest of the blue bloods. And maybe their expectations are a little out of whack, but you're still not hiring the right person. Right. Got to get the hire right. UC's done that at a shockingly quality rate. I, uh, I'm doing too much stuff now, Dave. I recorded the nightcap right before the, we, we got the, like, kids say, is your bandwidth stretched too, too far? One of my, no, I think, I mean, one of my pet peeves okay. lines of, of the, you know, 2020, 2021 era. What? Catch phrases? Yes, like the the stupid work cut trays is like my uh, I don't have the bandwidth to take on this project. Okay, just say you're too busy. Yeah, I'm too I'm too busy. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to say I'm too busy. I mean, I'm doing it to myself. Like it, it, nobody asks for any of this stuff that I'm adding. I just I want to make the site better. But I was I was getting the nightcap up. I put it on the wrong channel. I put it on the old Chad Brendel channel. 
that's rookie. no good. You, YouTube rookie. Yeah, they're not they're not paying me to have it on the Chad Brendel channel. They're paying me to have it on the Bearcat. Who's paying you? A journal channel. Galactic Fried Chicken. Oh, okay. That's the new the new title sponsor. Oh yeah. For the BCJ Nightcap and Danco Transmission, the new title sponsor for the BBP. Got the sponsors out the wazoo. If you have something on Bearcat Journal you'd like to sponsor. Slide to my DMs and I'll come up with something and you can sponsor it. <laughs> you want to give us money? We'll figure out a way to talk about your company or put your <laughs> logo on the internet. All right, look, I'm good with that. I'm good like with that. Our tailgate needs a sponsor next year. Yeah, we can sponsor the Simone family. We talk about it enough, right? I know. I got, a, I got us a sponsor that one time. We had, we had Everett's Meats. Yeah. Sponsor the Simone family tailgate, and we got Mets and burgers and lots of good stuff. It's good. So I have I have a question. I don't know if you have the answer. It kind of doesn't really matter. But do you think through agent back channels, whatever, that Notre Dame reached out and Luke said nothing until after Sunday? And, and I'm told they, that happened. And they decided, okay, we just don't want to – we want to interview Marcus, and Marcus just kind of blew their well, doors nothing, off. Well, nothing until done playing the championships. Oh, so he didn't even say, like, after Sunday? It's my, my understanding was, when, like, when we're done playing for championships, like, we'll talk. So, if you know, if they weren't in, then that, that means Sunday they would talk. What is your take on the been, whole, you know, New Year's Day or like the rush to? I have competing thoughts on this because you're kind of seeing it happen two different ways. Your thoughts on the whole, like, we got to hurry up and get a guy because of signing day versus screw one recruiting class. If we know this, if we feel this guy is going to be here for 10 years and has a chance to win us titles, one recruiting class isn't going to matter. I mean, one recruiting class can matter. It depends on where your roster's at, right? Like, I agree. And I also think it matter, kind of matters, and we're seeing it play out, what your school is. Like, Notre Dame is just a different place. Like, kids are committing there to, to go to football, school at Notre Dame. To play football at a high level, but also to go to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And so if Marcus wasn't the coach and just say it was Luke, I'm not sure that a lot of kids would have decommitted. On the other hand, what we're seeing at Oklahoma right now is like a total shit show. And those kids are decommitting and entering the transfer portal. And compliance is it, – it's insane. Let's go. I mean, our, our fans might not know the whole deal. They, they had a coach. They fired, I think, on Tuesday because he was recruiting for Oklahoma. USC. And USC. USC. <laughs> yeah. Roy Manning, I think, didn't he actually coach at UC for a little bit? If the name sounds familiar. I, I, yeah, he was on a team. He was out visiting a recruit with Bob Stoops. And then later that night was texting, like, the number one defensive back in the country on behalf of, of USC. Whoops. So, like, you have two things, kind of, where Oklahoma needs to get a coach and do whatever they can to try to keep Caleb Williams. But I don't get the sense that, like, the kids at Notre Dame were going to do that. 
So that's why I kind of thought that they'd be like, okay, if we really want Luke and this is the way it's got to be, then this is the way it's got to be. Um, yeah, he, he was here as a GA and uh, came back as the running back coach in 2012. Yeah. So that's why I was kind of like, I personally figured that they would wait to talk to him. Not that they wouldn't do anything in the meantime, do interviews, do their work and everything, but I just didn't think Notre Dame was a place where you're like, oh my God, we got to get a coach right now because we're going to lose this awesome, awesome recruiting class. I, 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 the thing that's different here is they interviewed Marcus. Well, you walk, you walk in and out of the interview with Marcus and he you know, knocks it out of the park in air quotes but at the same time i just kind of had a feeling and glad it did not come true that you know after that kind of wears off for a little bit maybe you go back and you realize like yes he did an outstanding job but this is just a different beast and we're just not quite ready right or wrong to put you know a young such a young guy in this role for the first time i mean he could have you walk out of it and you you walk out of it and you go that's the dude well it's clearly what happened but that's going into it that was just what i thought would happen right i mean it's i think it just almost and i I don't want to jinx it everybody gets mad at me when i say stuff like this there's no such thing as jinx i know but everybody still gets mad at me even though there's no such thing (laughs) Um, it's almost like everything just lined up in favor of Cincinnati this time, right? Yeah. Which means something terrible is coming. We don't know <laughs> what it is. Something terrible is on the horizon. Not, that's not true. That's, that's like my, that's like the, the kicking is going to cost us in the game or it's not. Well, the only thing I'll say about <laughs> like, why I think why that is true is because I've been doing this for 43 years in Cincinnati, and every time something feels like it's good or that it's breaking right for Cincinnati, the, something the Reds, else is the, the right Reds, around the bend. The Reds and FC Cincinnati have sucked up all the bad. <laughs> They've got all the bad juju. So, so the Bengals and the Bearcats can, can keep on doing their thing. I love it. I love it. FC Cincinnati, like, they just were like, we got it. Like, whatever's yeah. bad in town. We got it. All right. I mean, I don't have a ton more on that. I think it's been, you know, talked about to the point of not being able to talk about it anymore. Yeah. It's, I mean, There's nothing else. Just like, what else is there to say? Luke, Luke's here for now. Yeah. Thanks, Pat. You just go day to day to day, man. Like, It's what we all are, aren't we? We're all day to day, man. We are all day today. I don't know why my AirPods, like something's going on in my in my crib here. They just decided that they were. They're at a hundred. So I don't know. Okay. The dogs. The dogs won't shut up. My seven dollars ninety nine cent headphones seem to be doing just fine. Well, that's what. I, I went back to my $7.99 headphones. The expensive ones. You know, they didn't do the trick. Um, 
ECU. Um, we don't have anything. Yeah, I guess we just go. We go straight to straight to Houston here and uh, get a look. Do I get at credit? For, do I get credit for saying they would be the second best team in the league? You do. Okay. I I I, I didn't believe you. I thought it would be SMU, but they uh they they look. When you can when you can walk it off on a basically walk it off on a kick or kick return touchdown, you, you earned your spot. Now the int- it would have been well they would have tied right because no SM, SMU lost twice now, in SMU the conference lost three times three times in the conference. <laughs> well, but I'm saying if they would have won the Houston game, right? They would have had but two they, they they would have had two, so it still would have been Houston. Yeah, it still wouldn't have been. They really could be 12 and 0. I mean, they blew the Texas Tech game first yeah. week of the year. Um, but all right, what do you, what do you, what questions you got for me? What do you want to know? I have a lot of info on the Cougars. I went real how, deep, I went real deep for the for the championship game. How actually good is this Houston defense? That's a great question. And Thank you. That's why I asked it. I'll what do you think start. of that new? What do you think of that new Chad's? Chad's turning his video off screen. It's just amazing. What happens if I turn my video? Nothing. Well, do you have a? You have to set. You can set no, I, a picture for your. I can send you that, and that way, if you have to turn your video off, it can totally put that up as well. We could. No, I'm quite all right. But um, okay. Hey, you win eleven games in a row. I kind of don't really care who you played against. Like yeah. this this year, especially like with all the teams that have lost and, and all the teams that have had rougher years than they expected. Um, kudos to them. That said, I'm not sure how great they are. They're good. And they have areas where they can cause problems for UC. Defensive line being one of them. Defensive line is good. A um, lot of pressure, a lot of sacks, 41 sacks. You know, you got, what is that? 41 sacks, but you should do fourth in the country. You know, they're good at tackles for loss, 17th in the country. You've got a defensive line that has, what is it? One, two, three, six guys with three and a half or more sacks. DeAnthony Jones leads the team with six. That's the thing. They don't they don't really blitz, right? They just come at you with their four and say, we're gonna get right. you. And you see offensive line has been, I would say, very sporadic. Um at times they've been very good. Right. At times they've at been times they've not pretty bad. Yeah. Um but they're 31st in sacks allowed. They've only given it 19. And they're sixth in tackles for loss. And what we've seen is the problems have come when you run games or when you run, when you blitz and bring extra pressure, especially up the middle. So if Houston is going to rely on their front four, that'll be interesting to me because that has teams that have done that. UC has been fairly successful against. Right. Uh, SMU is very good against the run, but this is the hard part. 
SMU. Houston. Or, I'm sorry, Houston is very good against the run. Tenth in rush defense, 3.04 yards per carry. But here is like it's just, it's just very hard for me because their schedule was a dog baby. 129th in the country. Out of 130. Out of 130. If you go, if you look at the conference standings, they're, like their their non-conference games, they play Texas Tech on a neutral. They played Rice, like a division, you know, an, F- an FCS team, and somebody else not good. You look at the AAC standings. UC first, they didn't play them. Then Houston, then UCF didn't play him. Then ECU played him at home, won in overtime. Tulsa at Tulsa, SMU home, one on a one on a kickoff return, and Memphis home. So out of the top half of the conference, they either didn't play them or played them at home. Played one road game against the top half of the conference. That's not great. No. The six road, the six teams they played on the road this year combined eighteen and fifty-four record. And and they definitely have not played in an environment anywhere no. close to what they're going to get Saturday. No, the closest thing would have been their home game against SMU, and that was probably three quarters of the way full. Right, and I'm but I'm saying on the like a hostile oh, environment. Here's their road games: Rice, Tulsa, Tulane, USF, Temple, and UConn. Not great, Bob. The score, like it's tough. I don't like to do like total offense stats because I think that's it's just a yard. It's just a counting stat. But to to put it into perspective, there's not really a great way to do it. So I looked at total offense and scoring offense. So those six teams, total offense. Tulsa was the best at 38th in total offense. UC's right around. Um, then it goes 76, 96, 102, 125, 128. Scoring offenses, the best scoring offense that they played on the road, 73rd. UC's in the top 10. Then it was 84th, 106th, or 84th, 99th, 106th, 126th, 129th. So they're literally playing some of the absolute worst offenses in the country. Yep. So how much of these defensive numbers are buoyed by that? They're not even playing like half like the Tulsa or the uh, SMU game, which would be the best offense they played by far. Tanner Mordecai had a very good game. They didn't run the ball for for Jack, but Tanner Mordecai had a, a very fine game. No terrible turnovers, anything like that. Um, How many times did they sack him? I think three or four. Okay, but I mean they're gonna get home some. They're gonna, yeah, they have 41 sacks against these terrible offenses. So, you know, they're they're gonna get home and they're and they're pretty good against the run against these teams. So it'll be interesting to see how you see plans to attack them. But I just like offensively, they're not they're just kind of okay. Right. And we've seen this defense the way it's McCaskill's real McCaskill's really good. He is good, but they don't run the ball well. He he's very good, but they're like yards per carry, they're 82nd in the country. Just over four yards a carry. 
And I do think this defense has begun to find its mojo. For sure. I do too. Like the last two games. Like Keaton Mitchell is better, a better running back right now than McCaskill. And McCaskill's banged up, right? He left the UConn. He left the game. They they say he's fine. Um, Yeah, but he was hurt the week before. He was questionable going into UConn. Yeah. They played him. And he's and he got banged up again. Which why would you play him against UConn if he was even remotely banged up? Yeah, doesn't make any sense to me. You know, if you if you look at like S SP plus, which takes into account everything, it's you know it's, their defense is fifteenth, UC's is tenth, their offense is forty third, UC's is thirteenth. So. You know, they're UC's fifth overall, Houston's 29th. If you go on ESPN efficiency, UC's fifth, Houston's 33rd. If you go by Sagarin, UC's seventh, Houston's 40th. So, I mean, I think they have the, the they have some very, very, I mean, Clayton Toons had a really good year, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, at like 68% passing. He's had a good year, McCaskill. 5.2 yards of carry, 16 touchdowns. They've got a small speed dude, bust like a 97-yarder against South Florida. Five yards of carry, seven touchdowns. Nathaniel Dell is, you know, first-team all-league, big-time wide receiver, over 1,000 yards on 71 catches for 11 touchdowns. But, like, he's got twice as many catches as the next closest. Yeah, and you know who he's, he's going to see all day. I mean, depending on how they move him around, um, yeah. So it's like their offense does not – with the way our defense has been playing, their offense to me is no different, no better than SMU's. Like, you know, they're, they're very, very similar to me offensively. Yeah. Defense, defensively, they are, they are good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to – use their opponents as a way of disparaging their defense. Like, their defense is good. They get after it. But look at the offenses they've played. The two best offenses they've played, I would say, would be ECU and, te- and SMU. SMU, yeah. Both were at home. And one went to overtime, and one you won because you returned to kickoff for a touchdown. Now, not saying anyone because of that, but like that game was going to overtime. Right. But that is a factor we also have to talk about. They have maybe the best return guy in college football. Yeah. And our kicker kicks it out of the end zone nine times out of 10. Most of the time, yes, they do not get the chance to return. Uh, I have not paid attention to them in terms of is he a guy that'll go back seven yards, catch it, and bring it out? I don't know. I mean, most kickers can't do that. I would imagine not, um, unless the situation dictated it. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a dude. I mean, he's got five interceptions. He's a good corner. He's small, though. So, like, if, if they're going to line him up on Pierce. Pierce or, you know, he's only 5'8". So, I don't know how they plan on doing that. I just – Part of me, too, remembers, and I know things are different, and they're, they're much better, but, like, 
part of me just remembers last year when Dana basically just said, like, we're not even going to try to throw the ball down the field. Yeah. And, like, what changes? What's different? I mean, if you see plays well, I just don't see how Houston wins. No, I don't either. I don't see how they score more than 20 points. Yeah. And if it's the same thing we've been saying. It's the same thing been saying for two years. Yeah. If UC plays well. Now, they're off, their defense could cause UC some problems. I mean, we've seen in the past, Dads get hit, fumbled, happening against Indiana. It's happened in, in other games. He's been pretty good protecting the ball. I mean, he had the two interceptions last week. The second one was was pretty was pretty silly. Uh, one because they should have just ran the ball, shouldn't have even put him in that situation. But two, you just can't make that throw. So there is that that element is out there, but like I just you know they'll need to be able to run the ball a little bit, and that'll be tough. Like they are good against the run against the best teams they've played. They have done a very good job stopping the run. Um, like you can beat them with the pass, you just have to be able to protect your quarterback enough. So, you know, they're they give up sacks and they are not good at stopping tackles for loss either. So, I think our defensive line, the way they've been playing, you know, it could be a defensive line type day for both teams. Who controls, yeah, I mean, if, who controls that? Who gets if, a strip if sack? Curtis, if Curtis Brooks continues to dominate, their center, I don't, their center is damn good. Is he? He's like so he transferred in from maybe Louisiana Tech. He started like sixty games. That's a lot. <laughs> every, I think he started every game at Louisiana Tech and then grad transferred. Okay. And, I mean, he wasn't COVID transferred. Yeah, I think and, so. He wasn't first team, obviously, because Jake was, and I don't even know if right he was second or third. Um, but he's solid. I think, but I think we can. <clears throat> I mean, the way they've been playing, the way the defensive line has been playing, especially the last two weeks, they've been very disruptive. I just think they're going to cause. Caused them a lot of problems. McCaskill's a big back, and he's like a he kind. He's very to me. He's like very reminiscent of Eric Dickerson. Like he's a taller, upright running back, which that's you know good for the defense. Right. Yeah, but I think it'll be. You know, we just they just can't have these. You can't have these quarters where you gain 40 yards in a quarter right like you don't have to go down and score every damn time but like get to get two first downs and punt like you can't have quarters where you throw an interception you go three and out and and they, then you get two first downs and then you punt like you just you can't do that i'm not saying that that will cost them the game but it'll make the game closer than it needs to be. right but you just you just can't have these I mean, and it's, we're in game 13, so this is who they are. But right. Like, you can't, you know, if you want to be comfortable, you can't score 
I mean, I guess you can score 28 points in one quarter and then not literally not move the ball the rest of the game outside of the very last drive. I mean, I, I'll say that was the one thing that was the most frustrating thing about the ECU game was they literally looked like the best offense on the planet for a quarter and then didn't do shit basically the rest of the game. Like, they looked unstoppable for 15 minutes, and then it was a complete mystery what the hell was going on outside of that. Right. That's not great. No, you know. It's not great. But I just think the atmosphere, like, I keep saying it. Who's going to beat him at home? I don't know. It was going to happen at some point, but I'm not going to assume that it's going to be anybody until it actually happens. It's going to be Dana Holgerson? No, I don't think so. <laughs> that guy's been making, making like build it, building in the, uh, the playing at Nippert excuse from the second that the UConn game was over. The minute he walked into that post game press conference, he's like, I don't like having to go to Nippert. Yeah, well. Tough shit. Yeah. Sorry about Shouldn't have luck. been terrible last year. Sh- shouldn't, shouldn't have put yourself in a position where nobody but Dave Simone thought you were going to be any good in 2021. Clairvoyant. What can I say? I mean, you had Houston at two. You had Cincinnati at 13 and 0. Good. This is technically not a home game. <laughs> well, it's certainly not a neutral site game. No. Uh, Mick Walker has the uh, the visit stuff updated. There, it's basically only official visits. If there are any unofficial visitors, it's going to be kids that bought a ticket and are are coming on their own dime. So they won't be like UC won't be able to like you know have them on the field and host any part of that they are are straight up fan if they're here yeah yeah so maybe i'll um, host them at my tailgate yeah if you're (laughs) if you're if you're an unofficial visitor just showing up to the game show up to the top of the uh campus green garage (laughs) um let's uh let's let's talk about the for the final time, not sponsored Simone Family Tailgate. Because by this time next year, we'll have a sponsor for the Simone Family Tailgate. I hope so. Somehow, some way. Do you own a butcher shop? Do you, like, do, do you have a connection to a butcher shop? We can get you a lot, well, you of, know, lot of I mean, I don't advertise. You know, you know it's very close to my house. What? Meat shop. Oh, yeah. Meat shop. If you know anybody that runs meat shop, but I don't know. I have no idea if they're UC fans or anything like that. Get in touch. Hit the DMs for next football season so we can we can get a sponsor. A, a beer, beer sponsor is always good. I will drink I will drink your beer. Cold <laughs> and put, free. Cold and put, free is my favorite kind. You'll put sponsored video on the Bearcat Journal Twitter account of That's you right. consuming. Well, that would that that would actually be great because then we could have like a counter on the uh, the number of beers that Dave drank. 
you know, because you just put a video up with like the 30 second or 10 second, 15 second video. All right, here we go. Yeah. Number three, we're going with gavel banger this time. That's right. You know, you just have to send like two cases of beer and you can be a sponsor. Like for the Simone family tailgate, we're not even looking for money for the sponsorship. We're looking for like food and alcohol, right? That's right. Like this is a trade. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure money would be great, but like. I also like money. But but ultimately, the food and the alcohol cost money. It does. So if you don't have to worry about that, then we're just working in trade. <laughs> uh, do we know what the menu is for the Simone family tailgate yes we are having uh some sort of sandwiches i don't don't some sort of sandwiches sandwiches. macaroni and cheese like the little like hawaiian king's hawaiian sandwiches oh yeah like the sliders right to put in the oven or whatever yeah Yeah. um those are delightful mac and cheese jello shots you know, the, the, the staples. You think we could get Jello as a sponsor for the Simone family tailgate? Bill Cosby? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's bad enough all this stuff is associated with me. We don't need that kind of trouble. Jeez. Um, what, what, are we, what are we looking at over under? We're talking. It's the last check- game of the year. I'm going over. Are you kidding? I mean, I, I couldn't set it high enough. That you, I mean, you're you, not going to. You could. Uh, <laughs> I, de- I definitely went under uh, SMU. Or whatever. The were you, un- the were you under game? the weather? Was that the last home game? Yeah. No, it was just like it was colder. I went in early for senior stuff. Like it just wasn't. I didn't get there. Um, you didn't the turn time. up. I didn't get there the... at the time I wanted to get there. Yeah, you uh, didn't turn up. I was a little late getting there, so. Uh, but uh, so I went under on beers. I'm sure I hit the over for adding Jello shots. Uh, the Jello shots, yeah. But yeah, the uh, this is you know there can be too high of a number, but. Uh, but if it's reasonable, you're going over. Oh yeah, it's, I'll it's go ten. Like I'll go 40, ten and a half. It's gonna be like 45, 50 degrees. The beginning of December. No, I I saw today my weather app said 52 and mostly sunny. Well, I'll check hey, right now. That's good for at least another beer, right? Yeah, because you know your your hands aren't cold. You're good to go. Oh, it's actually gotten better. I got yeah, 53 degrees at 2 p.m. 54 degrees and and a few clouds from time to time. Yeah, once we get the into forecast. the game, it'll get chilly. But uh, yeah, that's that's perfect, man. I mean, you could not winds, possibly winds only five to ten miles an hour. Could not possibly ask for a better December for December fourth. Remember how gross it was last year? Yeah, it was disgusting. Sideways rain, freezing cold. I did get. I got approved for my sideline passes, so I will be down on the field. The AAC denied me last year. <laughs> they think I was applying for them? Well, the, like things were obviously. Uh, sure, sure. COVID restricted last year. So the numbers were, were pretty low on 
who was allowed in and who wasn't. Uh, but <clears throat> they didn't catch me until the game started. And then one of the ushers noticed I didn't have like the little sticker on my, my press pass. Stupid. And he, yeah. So I ended up having to sit in the press box and be miserable. I almost Ugh. left. I almost left. That's like, I like, I, regardless of whether I am in as a fan, I have no interest in ever doing it. It's the worst. I hate it. Like, I've been, I just, I've been going to games where they're UC, Tennessee, or the Bengals for so long. I like, I could not imagine sitting in there and having to watch the game. It's, it's so sterile. And so, like, I, I just can't, like, one, I talk too much to be in a press box. Like, it, it, it's too quiet for me. I, I can't sit there for three hours and not, like, talk. Yes. Even if it's just to myself. <laughs> this is crazy guy talking to himself. So, I, I am good for field passes. Uh, Kelsey's coming to the game with my dad. She's very excited. Will you be attending the tailgate? We will. So me, my dad, and Kelsey will be at the tailgate. And I'm guessing the crew are going to have to stop by because I'm picking up the rest of the, the press passes tomorrow. So oh, I will so have you, them. You mean they'll, they'll actually show this time? They're not going to have a choice if they want to uh, get into unlike, the game. Unlike two, two weeks ago or whatever the, the SMU game was now? Well, I, put, I sent Aaron down to the field to work with Mick. And, you know, Brent's you know, just Brent. So he showed up later. He showed up as I was leaving to walk into the stadium. I think he's afraid of you. So he doesn't want to show up there without, without dad. There. Yes, I'm, I am an intimidating, <laughs> very, very intimidating presence. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Um, I'll set the over under at 10 and a half. You oh, want over? For sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, let's see. I guess it's just prediction time for you since you don't email me one. Nope. I sure and you, don't. you can't you can't now because you haven't done it for 12 games. Well, exactly. I don't believe in jinxes, but I'm very superstitious. So like I'm not I would certainly will not be emailing you anything. <laughs> are those the same thing? Like I don't know. Yes, they are the same thing. I don't believe in jinxes, but I'm very superstitious. Like I wear the exact same clothes to every UC game. You believe in jinxes, Dave? No, it's not a jinx. It's a superstition. There's a difference. Yeah, that's the same thing. No, because, because jinx, if you did jinx is like, oh, don't say that he's got a no hitter through six innings. Like, I don't oh, think that matters. You didn't wear your shirt. You jinxed them. No, that's just me fe feeling good about it. Like, it has nothing oh. to do with me. It's just like it makes me feel like I'm. Like everything is is symbiotic, <laughs> and, you know all the all the good karma, you know. You're a piece of work. Because I wear like other layers. Like I wore a stocking, you know, a stocking hat last game that I don't wear to every other game. Uh -huh. It's basically just the same like t-shirt, and when yeah. it's warm out, the same pair of shorts. You believe in jinxes? No, just superstitions. <laughs> There's a difference. No, there's not. Uh, so I promise. Prediction. I think Houston's defense will cause us some problems at times. So I, I feel like 
it will be a little bit lower scoring, but I just I still don't see them being very successful offensively. So uh, I am, and thanks to having some insider info, uh, you know, sources say I'm uh, going to say that uh, the Bearcats do not attempt a field goal and that they win the football game 35 to 20. I'm, I'm, I'm not completely settled yet. I'm, on I'm my final score, either 35, 20 or 28, 17. I, I, don't, I, mean, I think I'm in the 28, 17 range. Like that's, that's pretty close to where my mind is. So, I mean, I could see a field goal if they're at like the seven. No, then you just go <laughs> if, for it. If, well, if it's fourth and goal from the seven, you just when take else, the When three. else would there be a field goal? No, you go for it. Are you kidding Fourth and goal from the four, you go for it. Fourth and goal from the seven, I take the three points. You're a weenie. Did you did you see there's going to be a transfer kicker in town? I did see that. He he seems to be pretty a pretty good kicker. Yeah, based, he's based what on, based on his previous statistics. He's 14 of 17 on the year. He's also like built like a fucking linebacker. Yeah, he's like 6'3, 210, something like that. I thought he was like 225. Okay, whatever. Same, same difference. Um, he's 14 of 17 on the year. His long is like 53, and he's 23 of 23 on field goals. Extra points. Or extra points, I mean. Ryan Coe from Delaware. That's your free recruiting nugget for the night. Folks, Ryan Coe. Go to the BearcatJournal.com for the rest of the recruiting reports. Yes, there will be a four star committed elsewhere that will also be in town. And a certain quarterback that went 17 of 19 to win his state championship game today. I don't know. Why do we need to just say Luther Richardson? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> like, Maybe they don't know. That's not a yes. It's, every podcast is someone's first podcast, right? Right. Maybe they don't know. Okay. Uh, so all right. Predictions in the books. Predictions in the books. The Simone family know, tailgates in the books. Thirteen and zero Bearcats are playing where in their next game. I'm going to say, you know, the, what scares me the most about Saturday, and What's I that? don't know why, because it doesn't make any sense, but it's Alabama beating Georgia. It makes complete sense, man. George, well, Alabama has not been an underdog in 92 straight games. Georgia was a one point, one and a half point favorite against them in 2015, and Alabama won 38 to 10. Yeah, but if you've watched this Alabama team and you've watched this Georgia team, hey man, it doesn't I, make sense. I agree, but it's still Nick Saban, it's still Alabama, it's still Georgia's got an Alabama complex, it's still Georgia hasn't won a national championship since 1980. 
It's still right. Georgia's been to the playoff one time. It's it's all of these things that yes, they are they should beat them handily. I mean, this is we're talking about the same team that needed four overtimes to beat a backup led one legged Auburn team. They ran for six yards against LSU and won that game at home by six. Tennessee they, was right there with them. They barely Florida beat, was right there with them. Right, early in the season, but barely beat a six and six Florida team. Beat Arkansas by seven, gave up 35 points to them. Like, there is no reason that they should, that Georgia should not win this game, other than the fact that it's Georgia and it's Alabama. Right. That is, I know that's like, like, that's the one that scares the crap out of me because uh, it's the only one that matters. No, I, well, if Oklahoma State loses, they can't jump Cincinnati. I I just mean, like, if you see wins, the only only game that matters is the Alabama. I don't agree. Oh, they're not, there's no, no way they're putting a two loss non conference champion. No, I mean, if, if everything, if Michigan wins, Cincinnati wins. Alabama wins, Oklahoma State wins. There is a very real chance Oklahoma State jumps Cincinnati. Oh, it's 100%. Right. I'm saying, I'm, that's what I'm saying. The only result that matters is UC and Alabama losing. Well, unless Oklahoma State loses, because then they, they can't, then the Big 12's out. That's a, I'm just talking about like, yeah. That game's just, a gimme. Like they're going to beat up. I just mean like the only two results that you see that truly matters to UC. I mean, I disagree. I think the Oklahoma State result matters very much. Like, no, because if it, it doesn't, though, because if Alabama loses and UC wins, they're in no matter what. Oklahoma yeah, State does. that's fair. That's fair. I get what you're saying on that. Like, Michigan's going to destroy Iowa. Iowa's offense is dog shit. You, you would think so. I mean, but this has been the whole season. Like, are we really going to yeah. all of a sudden have a chalky conference championship weekend? That's the only thing that would make sense, right? Yeah, after, after everything that's happened, all of a sudden, all the favorites <laughs> right. win. Yeah, yeah. The conference championship is chalk, except for Alabama beats Georgia. That's the right. chaos. Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I, and that's the thing is, like, Alabama loses to Georgia. Cincinnati's in. UC wins, they're in. If they're not in, and they drop from four to five, and they take a, uh, two lost non-conference championship team. Like I wouldn't even be mad because that is so fucking absurd. Like there's defi- no way it defies logic and is totally unexplainable. That why am I even gonna get? Why would I even get mad about something that is that is just so ridiculous? Here's what I want, but it's not gonna happen. Like they're not gonna do that. They're not, okay. They're here's what. Here's what I want. I want Michigan, Alabama, and Oklahoma State to lose. Oh yeah. So we get Marcus Freeman's first game as the head coach at Notre Dame is a rematch with Luke Fickle and Cincinnati. I don't, I, in Dallas. I think them saying that, like, penalizing them because BK wouldn't be there. I mean, I understand it's kind of like a Kenyon Martin thing, but like, you have no idea if they're going to be better or worse. You just, because you just don't know. Well, but here's the thing, Dave. Yes, BK is gone, but now everybody else is still there. Right. But here's my thing, though. And I don't disagree with this. I would do the same thing. I would not have them in over Alabama. If Alabama lost. Even if Alabama lost. A one loss Notre Dame whose only loss is to Cincinnati. Or one, to Cincinnati. Yeah. Who are their good you, wins? 
their only losses to Cincinnati. I mean, it's no different than Alabama's schedule, the, really. It's quite a bit different. Not that drastically different. You just mentioned all the tough teams or the bad teams yeah, but they that also, Alabama struggled with. Yeah, but they don't care about losses. They, I know. They've proven that they don't care about losses. Good, good wins outweigh losses. Not bad losses, but losses. Right. And Alabama, Alabama will have a good win against Ole Miss, which is way better than anything Notre Dame has. Yeah, but and, they'll have two losses. And their Texas A&M loss has got a bad loss. It's not a good loss. I mean, they're eight and four. It's not like it's on some. Yeah. You know. But they're not going to get dinged for losing to Georgia, regardless of what the score is. If that's the case, like if everybody else loses, they're not going to get penalized really for losing. So you think if those three teams lost, it would be. Georgia, Cincinnati. Well, that's the thing, though. You, Notre Dame would have to be in. You're, you're putting Ohio State over Notre Dame? Ohio State, two loss Ohio State, two loss Alabama. No, I mean, I, I, I admittedly have not gone down. I have not gone down the everybody loses scenario. Well, that's what but, we're doing here. That's what we're doing I, right I, now I, I think on this the, podcast. The sentiment that, like, oh, if all this stuff happens, Notre Dame is just in, I'm not sure I buy that. Okay. Like the automatic, like, oh, yeah, they're just going to move them up from six to four just because these other teams lost. Like they would go ahead. Yeah. They would go ahead if you see because the committee, you know, if you see lost, they, the committee hates the G5s, whatever. Like, right. That's the one thing I crack up about is like, I'll listen to some podcasts and they'll be like, well, what if Cincinnati loses? Like, would it be them or Notre Dame? I'm like, are you kidding me? If you see loses, they're going to drop like 15. Right. Well, it, it, like not they'll be they'll 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 save face and put them ninth. But yeah, I mean, like it doesn't matter. Right. Um, but no, I I just I I I I don't know if that's the case. Like if Michigan, well, if Michigan lost, if Michigan lost, Alabama lost, and Oklahoma State lost. Oklahoma State lost. Like, are you ready for Big Ten two lost Big Ten champ Iowa? You might have to be. Are you ready for two loss Big Twelve champ Baylor? But see, it's, Baylor, it's Baylor would these, just Baylor would have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Baylor's, Baylor's eighth right now. Yeah. If five, two, and three lost, I think Notre Dame maybe. gets in over Baylor. Maybe. I mean, Baylor beat Oklahoma and would have beat Oklahoma State. That's two wins that are better than anything Notre Dame has. Yeah. I think it's fun to just go through it, like to, to, to do the oh, exercise. I'm, I'm definitely rooting for like UC wins and literally everybody else loses. So you're like picking the best of the crappy two of all these two lost teams. Right. Um, but. Yeah, I don't – the interesting one to me is, okay, say Alabama does lose, UC wins and Oklahoma State wins. Who is three and who is four? I think they just keep it easy at that point. Cincinnati's three and plays yeah. Michigan. I don't. And I Oklahoma State is Oklahoma four. State up to third. Do you think they feel Cincinnati-Georgia is just – a massive money maker. I think they feel like Oklahoma State will have three top fifteen wins, 
Yeah, and, of course. And that's how they'll that's how they'll uh, explain it. And then Cincinnati gets Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Yes, which is not what I personally for for you know because I'm all about me. I want to be in Dallas. You'd rather be in Dallas than Miami. Well, when you have a free place to stay, yeah, because Miami is <laughs> stupid expensive. Uh, yes, I would much rather be in Dallas than Miami. That's fair. That's fair. What's your What's your official prediction of how it ends up? Uh, I think it's Georgia one, Michigan two, Oklahoma State three, UC four. I think Oklahoma State and UC and Michigan and Georgia win, and it's it's fairly you know it's fairly chalky. I mean. I'd really like a shot at Michigan. Their D-line scares the crap out of me, but... but it's the playoff, man. Like, the teams you're playing are supposed to be... Right. supposed to scare the crap out of you, like... But they don't scare the crap out of me as much as Georgia's D-line scares the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, Georgia's, Georgia's offense doesn't scare the crap out of me. Neither does Michigan's. I mean, they, got, they have a good run. I mean, they could run it 50 times against That's UC in that game. So, yeah. I feel you. It sounds ridiculous to say it, but like if we're if we're breaking down like who I'd rather play, I'd rather play Georgia. Right. But like it, you know, it's a juxtaposition of like, are you happy to be there or do you want to win the title? Like I'm kind of both. Like if we make it, let's win the whole damn thing. Let's win the whole damn thing. At the same time, it's like we made it nobody else has done this and we did it when we knew people were trying to keep us from doing it. Like, just enjoy it. Like, don't, don't get caught up in, in the score. Like let, let the, that's for the players to do. Like as a fan, just enjoy the hell out of the moment. And then when the game starts, you, you want to win and everything, but like, like it's no different than any other playoff, you know, when teams have been getting drilled. Right. I feel you. Talk some basketball. Talk talk a little basketball, Dave. Sure. They shot a lot of threes last night, Chad. Yeah, I think that was a, 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 a partially a result of the way Miami played defense. And I thought eventually Wes Miller got them away from – because here's what I saw. Miami was either switching or soft hedging – screens ball screens to prevent David DeJulius and Mike Saunders and Mike Adams Woods from playing downhill like if you go back and watch they would come off a ball screen and as they would turn to go towards the rim there was always somebody there where they had to back it up so they were forcing Cincinnati and their guards to play behind the three-point line when you play behind the three-point line, you know what you end up having to do? Take Shoot. a lot of three-pointers. Shoot a lot of threes. So I thought if you watched, you know, the, the last 10 minutes, they weren't as reliant on the ball screens. They were much more reliant on the fact that our guys can beat you off the dribble without the ball screen. And once they started doing that, then things started opening up. They were able to get the ball into the post. You know, you dribble, you get into the paint, you kick it to the wing. The wing is able to, to get a good angle inside, and Abdullah Doe scores. 
and or you get a, a cleaner, you know, a step in three on a ball being kicked out is a rhythm shot. A three where you catch it from a guy that's out above the three point line, and you got to catch it, you got to square up, you got like it's not a good three. It's it, it's just not. So I thought yes, they they took too many threes, but I thought they took too many bad threes as a result of what they were allowing Miami to do to them defensively. And once they found a way to stop that, then they were able to find a little, find themselves offensively and go on that spurt where they were, they were down eight and they ended up going up four or whatever. Um, That's what I saw as the impetus for that. So I like the adjustment that we saw. I thought it took too long. Um, and, and I think some of that was they, they tried to adjust and then Miami adjusted right back where whether it was they were going back and forth between switching and soft hedging, just doing whatever they could to make sure Cincinnati couldn't get downhill with the ball. Um, again, it's another, it's another case of you've got seven, eight games on tape now. So teams are picking apart your tendencies and you're going to have to find counters to that Miami's got a team that's they're not great by any stretch of the imagination but their top nine scorers returned so they're a veteran team when you're a veteran team you're you can game plan effectively or at least hypothetically because you've got guys that have been in your system for a long time and they know how to listen they know how to be effective they know how to handle that shit so um I I you know, look, you shoot 36% from the floor, 27% from three, and two of 10 from the free throw line. You're going to lose nine out of 10 times. And you win? Right. I mean, you know what, you know what that tells me, Dave? You know what that tells me, Dave? Bearcat basketball is back. That's right. You go on the road, you, you shoot like absolute dog shit. Rock fight, and you win the game. 59-58. I mean, Bearcat I basketball in, is back. In the- in the grand scheme of a first year, just getting the win is, is yeah. the most important thing. Um, I know Wes talked after the game, disappointed in the defensive rebounding, especially in the second half. They have not I know, been I know, good on the glass. I know we've talked about it in the sense of that they're pretty small. I mean, it's funny to say, like, they've got tons of bigs, but, like, with their guards, they're, they're on the smaller side of the guards is like what can they do knowing that they're not just all of a sudden going to start playing bigger lineups like what like cuz they're they're going to get eaten up in conference play if they don't start rebounding a lot better yeah i mean it's it's the same thing we talked about with arkansas and and to an extent monmouth like it's the guards and wings like that's teams have 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 figured out it's this Cincinnati team struggles from the guard and the wing spots and they're attacking it and it's not going great for the Bearcats, right? Like it's, it's, it's a problem. Um, They're allowing bigs to box out bigs, right? And then they're sending more numbers from the guard and the wing spots where teams are going to have for the most part, a length advantage. And I, I don't know how you fix it at this point, right? Like, there is, look, there is very much a reason that Wes Miller went out and got Daniel Skillings and Josh Reed at 
both at six six with seven foot wingspans. Those two dudes eliminate a lot of those problems of teams just going over the top of you and stealing your lunch. Yeah, it's it's very hard to play with a you know six foot and under point guard, a six roughly foot six one two guard, and then a, a shorter wing like a six, six four six five wing, a six three to six five wing. Like it's not. Right. That's tough. That's a tough deal in in today's you know college basketball. Everybody is looking for that you know six 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 seven wing. Player. I mean, I think I think as they develop, they're trying to get Jeremiah Davenport and and Jared Hensley more ready to play the three. But I just don't think those guys right now are ready to be like you know fifteen minute a game, twenty minute a game guys at the three. They struggled defensively there. Jeremiah is not shooting it well right now. And Jared is not, you know, a, a plus shooter at this point in his career. Like, it, 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 the troubles it creates offensively with spacing for a team that wants to get downhill, right? For a team that wants to get downhill, play inside out. If you don't have anybody that can shoot, there's no reason for anybody to let you get downhill. No, you just pack it into the paint and... You play drop coverage or you soft hedge or you switch and you just say, look, you know, go ahead. and If you want to shoot it, there's the shot. Go ahead and shoot it. Right. When you got all these guys on the perimeter, you're not worried about offensive rebounds because they're all 20 feet from the basket. Right. So that part of this season is going to be a struggle throughout. Like, I don't know a fix. I, I don't see something where it's like, okay, well, they just have to, they can just, do a little bit better in this department. If they can, if they can adjust this a little bit, there's the fix. I, I don't know that it's there. Do you think that Coach Miller is not running them enough in practice to alleviate? No, he needs to run them more timeouts. Did you see that yesterday? I, I did. And I saw someone with, I saw, I don't know who said it was like, I didn't know John Brandon was coaching at Iowa State. <laughs> it wasn't Iowa State. It was a small school. No, but it was, like, they were playing Iowa State. That's right. Oh, okay. It was yeah. Arkansas Pine Bluff, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The best, my favorite part was like, he just made the guys that were on the floor run. Usually he wasn't hardo enough. A hardo coach would have had everybody on the line. Right? Yeah, but would they have gotten like a technical for having like everybody on the on the? It floor? was a timeout. Timeout, right? Maybe you would have gotten a technical because the guys on the bench would have been near like, the other team's huddle. Just like, I'm just picturing like the huddle, and the coach goes, "All right, get on the line." Right. And you you know, one kid was like, "What the fuck did he just say?" <laughs> like, he want me to go run guy. right now? Like, I'll run right into the locker room. Put my <laughs> on, and I'm out of here, buddy. <clears throat> Fantastic. It was awesome. Uh, the free throws, man, I, like. I mean, like. It's, just, it's clearly just in their head right now. I'm not, I'm not one to, like, overreact. Like Mike Adams-Woods has missed, like, four two, in a row. Two out of ten? <laughs> they were two out of ten in the second half against Monmouth. They are now four of their last 20 from the free throw line, David. I'm not a math major, but that is bad. Sources confirm. 
two out clearly of twenty. The, or four out the of twenty. Wrong guys the, are, the wrong guys are getting fouled. The right guys are getting fouled, and they're four out of twenty. No, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> the guys that are supposed to be able to shoot are the two made free throws last night. Dave were Abdul Ado. He seemed to have a good, he seemed to have a nice game. 14 and 11. He looked like what we thought we were getting. How about, dude, that was the worst play-by-play guy I've ever heard. I didn't listen to any of them. Oh, my God. Watching, my kid was watching cartoons, so I had the, uh, I had the iPad and I had the uh, sound off. He sounded like he did five minutes of research and went on the air. I did they, see, like, when the game started, the, the Randy Holloway or whatever, he's their football. He's, those were their football announcers, or at least. Oh, uh, Okay. At least one of them was the Randy Hollowell or Holloway guy. Like I know that name from from their football. He he kept saying he said for thirty minutes, Abdul Ado with his career high in points every time Abdul Abdul scored. I mean, I'm taking his, it that that's not his career high. Nineteen was his career high. He <laughs> scored fourteen. So when he had nine, he, it was a career high. Then he had yeah, eleven. He was, was career high. He was only looking at his like his season high at Cincinnati. Cincinnati. The dude played four years in the SEC. He wasn't aware of a single stat. They don't from his four years at Mississippi State. Do you, do you really expect the guys broadcasting a Miami home game on ESPN Plus to have any fucking clue I, what's going on? I expect on? them to do the most basic level of homework. That was it. That no, the they didn't even they didn't even meet that standard. <laughs> that was the most basic. How many points did he score in the first five games? All right, whatever. That's his career. He's only played five games. Yeah. It looks like it was unbelievable. Like it was 47, so but he's only played five college games. I'm not even getting into the, the sideline reporter that sounded like he was eight. I liked when he asked Wes about his blood pressure at the end of the game. <laughs> right. That was, that was a good one. I mean, the kid's trying. I don't have a problem hey, with that. No, I, I believe me. I'm not making like I'm. Right. What do you think you're going to get at Miami ESPN Plus? I know. I know. I hope but... everybody. I hope everybody enjoyed that dump also that went to the game. Yeah. Here's here's my prediction. Oh my god, man! What? No, just that arena. Here's my prediction. In the West Miller era, there will only be one game played at Millette Hall. Uh, you think? And that was last night. <laughs> you, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised that was a thing. They had a police escort and couldn't get there until like an hour before the game. Because of traffic? Yeah. Like they couldn't get the cars out of the way with the police escort? Correct. It's a two-lane road. Where the, the fuck do the cars go? The police should do their job and, like, block the other lane or whatever. Like, <laughs> right? What's the point of a police escort, then? Yeah, they had a police escort, and they got there, like, 65, 70 minutes before <laughs> tip-off. Usually, it's, like, two hours to 90 well, minutes yeah. before tip-off. Sure. So, yeah, my prediction is that's the last time. We'll see the Bearcats in Oxford during well, the West Miller like era. After the game, when I tweeted out, is Miami good at anything? And the vast majority of the people understood that it was a joke. But then I would get like, you know, UC didn't play that well. They were lucky to win. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm joking around, guys. And then I would get like, 
Then I would get to like, well, they have a, they have like the top ten business school, and like, you know, the most Fortune five hundred CEOs have graduated from Miami. I'm just like, I don't care. You're totally missing the the joke. <laughs> you are not. Right? You are not funny enough to understand that I'm just screwing around. People take Twitter very seriously, Dave. Apparently, which I take it the exact opposite of that. Me too. I love the guy last night that was like, the Athletic is reporting Marcus Freeman to Notre Dame. Why are you not reporting it, Chad? Because I, I don't cover Notre Dame. What, why would I be reporting? Do, do you think Marcus? That a, Notre Dame, that a Notre Dame employee is going to continue to be a Notre Dame employee just in a different capacity. Why would you think Marcus? That? You think Marcus is just hitting me up? Like I got hey, it, man. bro. Like why just would so you know. report that? Right. And then I retweeted Tom Lloyd, right. and he's like, "Oh, now you're going to report it?" I'm like, "I, I, I don't I'm think not, you know how reporting works. I how, didn't report anything or how Twitter works." <laughs> Tom reported it. I acknowledge Tom's report. What do you want from me? Shit. That was, was like I I got no no bad responses, but when uh and then he's like, I'll get my my UC news somewhere else. You're being okay. a jerk. Go ahead. This this is the least jerk I've been all week. <laughs> you jerk face. Fuck. I've been a jerk for days. That's I even... if that's jerk Chad, like <laughs> right. <laughs> ah. yes. Oh, I had some epic ones this week. I, now the, you're now you're reporting it. No, I'm not yeah. doing that either. I'm not like I don't think like you legitimately don't understand how reporting works. You know what the beauty of it is? He never stopped following me. Still following. So you know of what course. he's still doing? He's he's getting his information from me. <laughs> apparently oh this was from yesterday but it's just now surfacing on the twitter there's a video of brian kelly being introduced at lsu basketball game where i'm very excited to listen to it when this is done because apparently he's already developed a cajun accent Dan Dan Wetzel retweeted it and said, pay me $95 million and I'll happily record the podcast with a fake accent of your choosing. What, what did we call him when he was here? The politician from New England. That's what he is. That's what he was. What he'll always be. I mean, like... That's what he always will I think be. He's like, I think he's a robot. Like, he doesn't even realize the things that he's saying. Like, in his press conference yesterday... I don't even think he realized that he was just like taking dig after dig after dig at Notre Dame. Yeah. Like I took this job because I wanted to be in the bright lights and, and be on Broadway. Like what the fuck is Notre Dame, man? Like there is no brighter light on any program in the country. Half of Baton Rouge doesn't have lights. You have your own, the, the school has its own television contract like you cannot right? be on more broadway than a school that has Notre one Dame. school that has its own television contract and not cbs sports network no nb like fucking a, c a three-letter network some like did you hear the the tom lloyd thing from tuesday 
I don't know. I, when, I, when, he, when I had him on oh, Moe's yeah. radio uh-huh. show, yeah. where he said that Brian Kelly was in the living room of a kid. Oh, yeah. Telling him that he learned his lessons from when he left Cincinnati and he would yeah. never, you know, never mess it up like that again. Yeah. And the two other assistant coaches found out he was leaving yeah. like five minutes, right. 10 minutes after they left the kid's house and yeah. saw it on Twitter or someone texted yeah. him or whatever. Yeah. And he's telling the kid, I, I would never do that again. I learned my lesson. Like, I don't have a You slimy, lying son of a bitch. I don't have a problem with this little shotgun, you know, three-minute team meeting or whatever. No, I don't. Like, the only thing I, mean, I would say about if, that like, is what no people, fucking way I'm going. Right, no. You're not getting me out of bed at 7 a.m. to go. Well, I might be in, like, if we're supposed to be in the facility, I'll be in the facility. But I'm going to be in the weight room. Like, I'm, I'm not be going good, to like, listen to you tell me why you're leaving. Fuck you, man. Care. Fuck you. But, like, the people that were like, you only talked to him for, like, what did you think he was going to do? Sit down with each one of them? Give, a, give an 11-minute soliloquy? <laughs> like, come on. Dude just left. He's trying to get out of there. He's, he's, be, he's doing the, the most, you know, nice thing you can do in, a bad, in right. a bad situation. Like, whatever. But, yeah, like, I'm not going to that meeting. Are you kidding? No chance. We're going we're to need you in the, the team room at 7 a.m. To, to talk to Brian. Nah, bro. Brian nah. can come to my room. If he, if he needs to yeah. talk to me that <laughs> Right? I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be hitting some weights. I'll be on, I'll be on the elliptical. Well, I wouldn't even. Tell that guy, tell that guy even, to kiss my fucking wouldn't ass. Wouldn't even be up. But that, the college athletes are up at 7 o'clock in the morning, like irrationally. Oh, but I'm are. not going. Yeah, but I'm not walking out across campus or whatever. Getting over to some meeting that's going to last. Yeah, I'm sure it was minutes. delightful in South Bend Tuesday morning. Yeah. Fuck that guy. He just built uh, like a house like a block away from the stadium. Yeah. Like he tore down two houses to build like a massive, like doesn't fit in South Bend mansion. Well, maybe Marcus can live there now. Yeah. Marcus nine, needs it. 900 kids. Yeah, exactly. Marcus needs that house. I can't imagine real estate prices are too ridiculous in South <laughs> I Bend. I cannot wait to watch this. Now Bruce Feldman tweeted, Brian Kelly hasn't even been in the SEC three days, and he's starting to sound like the American dream Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Somebody, Chris Vanini, just put up a thing that said, Brian Kelly after LSU called, and, and it's uh, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> oh, great. This is like a, it's, it's like a friend of mine, this girl that we went to college with that, uh, she went down to Tennessee and all of a sudden started talking just like she was born. And yeah, she was bo- yeah, born and raised in like yeah, soddy not, Daisy, Tennessee. Not, not Springboro, Ohio. <laughs> how, how about that Tennessee knowledge? I, soddy Daisy, soddy Tennessee. Daisy, I yeah, just dropped on you. That's right by where one of my best friends is from. Do so you know my where, do you know where Soddy Daisy is? Yeah. So okay. my college roommate at Marshall is from Soddy Daisy. Is from Soddy Daisy. My friends and, from Whitwell. Okay. Which so, is right by Saudi Daisy, South Pittsburgh. Like he he had been in that room like his freshman and sophomore year. And and his junior year, when I was moving in as a freshman, he had a girlfriend. So he lived in her place. And every once in a while he would just show up because he had a key like to the room. Like <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have anything in the room. I had the room all to myself. But every once in a while, you would just show up. And the semester before, the spring semester, the year before, apparently he got drunk one night 
and him and his girlfriend got in a fight and he got mad. And you know, like the the walls, not like what we use now, but like there used to be like the the cinder block walls between oh, yeah. kissers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he took that out and put it in the hallway to <laughs> to uh, manage his anger, like two two chunks at a time. <laughs> Carried it out to the hallway, went back and got the second half. <laughs> Carried that out into the hallway. He le- he legit had like twenty two inch arms. He was a giant. He came in one day, just like the first time I met him. He came in just like unannounced. It had been like two weeks that we had been in school. Like I just figured, like my roommate's not showing up. Yeah, I get this. He just just bailed. Just not. Yeah, like not fuck for him. That that's the jackpot, right? Because oh yeah, he was a football player, so the school was paying for his room. Yeah. So they weren't going to move somebody else in there. And he just showed up with his key one day. Fucking walked in, and he was like, "Was a middle linebacker." <laughs> he looked like Jeff Luke. Like that, that's how his physique was. And I'm like, hello, sir. <laughs> like, can I, can I help you? Where like, would you like me to sleep? <laughs> I totally thought we were going to have like a, uh, the mad real world situation. <laughs> oh shit. All right. I, I, I don't have a whole lot else. Do you? No, not really. We've just been bullshitting for like 15 yeah. minutes now. Uh, Brian Kelly is Dusty Rhodes. That's that's. Well, I could not wait to watch this. It's going to be outstanding. And what does he care? He's 60 and got a $95 million guaranteed contract. Yeah, like I'll, I'll be whoever I want to be. Tomorrow I'll be, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage for all I care. <laughs> you think he's going to drop a go tiger? <laughs> like, it's when's it fine. coming? I saw somebody had like I got your perfect, your perfect interim head coach, and it was oh with a Notre Dame shirt on this. It just said go Irish, go Irish. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a great troll job because Swarbrick said if we hire an interim coach, he's not going to be the head coach. So you just bring Owen for like four days. I don't think Irish. I don't think O would like South Bend very much. Well, I mean, the thing was, you'd have to do it. Like, he's in Destin. He's like, already, he's already told people, I'm oh, not leaving yeah. Destin. He's, on, he's been on 30A for like two weeks. Yeah. I'm not leaving Destin for the next year. Like, this is where I'm at. Young, kiss my ass. <laughs> All right. Well, next week is a big week for the BCJ Podcast Network. I, I tried to do it tonight, and I'm not smart enough. Uh, we're going to be switching over to StreamYards, which means you're going to be able to watch this podcast live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. And you're going to be able to watch the video replay of this podcast on YouTube, as well as listen to the podcast on your normal podcast outlets. So we're moving on up, Dave. Big, big. We're big time now. We're big time. Luckily, you know, you know the next thing we got to do that I feel like we're missing. What's that? As, as a network, like we need some like intro music. Yeah, the problem with intro music is DCMA. Like, I don't know what that means. 
like if you use oh like rights and everything yeah well how, so we're, like, how does uh part of the punctuation have like all the calls they're taking they're rolling the dice like that's on them and the problem with D- dmca is if you get if you get strikes it just shut your shit down like if you get three strikes you're out all right well, why don't we just use pump it up because like there ain't no way anybody's checking that dave your task <laughs> Is to get a hold of Indoor. Oh, okay. Ask him if we can use this. And ask him and get permission to use Pump It Up. Or we just use it. No, that's how you get DMCA. (laughs) By who? The record labels are the ones that do it. That's the problem. How would they know? Because it gets reported. They just go fuck. The record label is like. They go listen. Probably in Sweden. They're not finding (laughs) out about this. It happens, dude. I'm telling you. I've like I've seen it happen to people I know that have like Twitch streams and like how, that, does, that, the, how does the uh, school get to use it? Can they just use it without having any? Yeah, because it's not being rebroadcast. Like this is a broadcast. The school yeah. just plays it in the stadium. Okay, well, like we could just be playing it on our podcast. <laughs> it's not. It's not how broadcasting rights work, Dave. Send it, find Endor and send him a message. I, know, I mean, who knows if that guy's <laughs> even alive? Like, I mean, the song is not new. No, it's old. It's old. And it's showing up everywhere now, of course. Yeah, Michi- Michigan uses it. There's somebody else. Somebody else used it, too. I saw they, they were sampling the Bearcats music, which I'm fine. Which is, like, but that's, that, that's, that's the thing. Everybody's talked about how do we get our thing. That's how you get your thing, right? Like, Inner Sandman wasn't a thing until somebody started doing it. So and then it became, it. right. Uh, Seven Nation Army didn't become a thing until somebody started doing it. Jump around. Jump around Wisconsin. didn't become a thing until Wisconsin started doing it. 2000 Space Odyssey, South Carolina. Right. Uh, so Cincinnati is beginning to get their thing. But you, because to, now- but you also have to keep doing it. It can't just be like a one- season like this is our song for the season no 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 it has to be now it has to like okay so the 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 next step in the process is now it's not next year it's not the kickoff song anymore next year it's the fourth quarter song right it's like the yeah it's the feature or it's like the the coming out of the tunnel song or whatever you want it to be like as your thing if you want it to be like enter sandman or jump around and that's like the fourth quarter song right no inner sandman's the entrance right mm. yeah that's when they run it's, on the field well it, it can be it can i think they use it multiple times it's like because there's the, the famous clip of like when they were playing miami and they needed to stop and it was like the whole they called a timeout and the whole stadium was going crazy yeah you have special situations where you can bring it bring it bring it out of the the archives but i think it starts with like that's your take the field or it's your fourth quarter like everybody's got the fours up and, yeah, and you go to the, your the big like three minute break between the third right. and fourth quarter and right get everybody to pump it up don't you want to pump it up i don't understand anyone that doesn't enjoy it it's, it's it's beautiful, and we we have to give credit every time now. Now that I found out 
who actually gets the credit for Pump It Up. Who does? Kyle Bolden. Oh, okay. Why? Because he found the song? or Like, he's the one that started playing it in the weight room, and it, and it caught on. Is he, into you know, the, is he into that type of music? or I don't know. Like, he just told me one day. He's like, hey, you got because we were joking around with him about, it was right around Navy time. We were joking around with him about being like the, you know, the quarterback whisperer for the, the triple option. And he's like, I don't want credit for that. I want credit for Pump It Up. That's my, sh-. like, I did that. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I start, like, you know, he's an assistant, like a student released, assistant. It was released in 2004. Right? Right? And Bolden was like the, you know, he's like the student assistant finishing out his degree. So he, you know, he gets the aux cord on some of those mornings in the weight room. And he brought Pump It Up to the Bearcats. Wait, this is, oh wait, in, okay, so here, it was originally released in 2004 by Belgian musician Danzel. In 2019, okay. the song Endor. remixed by British, D, British DJ Endor. And so it's just on, a DJ, like that's not his shit? Right, it issued on Defective Records. It reached number one on the U.S. Billboard Dance Club song chart in November of 2019. The remix was certified double platinum by the Australian Recording Industry Association. So it's not even his song. Hmm. Like the remix is his song, but like people rip, people sample people's music all the time for remixes and don't get. Yeah. I mean, maybe we, maybe we risk it and pump it up as the, uh, the official song of the BCJ podcast. We're going to have that capability with StreamYard. StreamYard's going to open up a lot of things for us. So I'm not doing video this week. We'll start video next week. I want to make it a big thing. We need to get good at like scrolling statistics and graphics. Like, you know, we'll talk offline, but there's there's a a pod that I don't know what they use. It covers uh, South Florida that I think has a lot of like they film their pod and it's got a lot of video embedded and charts and stats and stuff embedded. Maybe worth reaching out to them to see how they do that. I've got some ideas. I've got some ideas. So I think I got, I think we're, I think we're. How do we get here? This is totally random and off topic, but how do we get the little dollar sign on the Twitter page for people to like donate money? Uh, I think we have to go through it. Can't you only get that if you're verified? No, because Republic of Cincinnati has it. No. Oh. I don't know. I'll check it out. Why don't you sure. check it out? You run the, the Bearcat Journal Twitter. Why don't you? Yeah. You should apply to get verified again. I think they're redoing they the process. They don't do that anymore, I thought. anymore. No, they restarted. It's, it's oh, opened they, back up. Yeah. They did? Yeah. Yes, the Republic of Cincinnati does have this little tips thing on it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not below, you know, having people <laughs> that are already paying for a membership give us more money. Yeah, you know, they've already given us money. Why not give us more give money? Us more money. I mean, if you really love us that much, you'll do well. They did just give like sixty thousand dollars to help Kelly. Yes. Yeah. And, and we'll give them a break for and a you bit. are very appreciative of that 
I am because it has done a lot. To none, help of, none of those $60,000 made it into my pocket though. I gave, I sent you some extra money a couple, <laughs> couple weeks back. Did I not? That was money that I, that was rightfully mine. <laughs> not <laughs> if I didn't send like, it to you. You didn't send it to me out of like the goodness of your heart. Hey, yes, I did. You're doing a great job on, on the, uh, on the Twitters. Here's some, here's a little Christmas bonus. You were like, here, this is your cut of the podcast sponsorship. <laughs> but we never talked about you getting a cut of the podcast sponsorship. Like that's, that wasn't no, in the, because the agreement. I'm not a, a greedy son of a bitch. <laughs> you just know that when we get podcast money, I'll send you podcast money. You know I'm not a greedy son of a bitch. No. <laughs> that's why we that's why we get along. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Bearcats, Cougars, 4 p.m. Nippert Stadium, Saturday afternoon, ABC. All the chips on the table. An American Athletic Conference Championship. Sponsored, a potential by, Ar- sponsored by Arby's. I feel like that's good for us. Good, good mojo there. That's good mojo? I like I feel, Arby's. I feel like I'm an Arby's good. guy. I enjoy Arby's. The only thing I don't like about Arby's are the onion buns. I'm not an onion guy, so the onion buns yeah. are no good for me. Um, but if you can make it, we'll see you there. Pop by Campus Green. Say what's up to the the Simone family tailgate. They will be having the uh, the Hawaiian slider sandwiches. Are there? Are you doing like? Are there multiple brands I, or just? I have no just clue. Ham. I don't. I just show up. I bring the beer. I prefer. I prefer the ham and Swiss. The turkey isn't bad. The turkey well, ones. Hope maybe I'm sure my mom will listen to this prior to the game. So the turkey and turkey and cheddar isn't bad. I just I don't I just am in charge of beer. All right, and uh, if if you have a brewery that wants to sponsor the Simone Family Tailgate, you have until like tomorrow Friday <laughs> to sponsor it. <laughs> yeah, something like that. If you've got a brewery that wants to donate a keg to the Simone Family Tailgate, let's go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Dave will be there at some point Friday to pick it up or Saturday morning because, you know, the game's a little later. So we got yeah. some time. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. Where, where's our friends at Deadlow? Let's do it. Uh, all right. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. This is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.